the warning of the prophets. We've gotten up to Daniel chapter 4 in this warning of the prophets that we're going through Daniel. Um, Daniel's warning of uh, something. And, you know, before I got to chapter 4 here, I wasn't really sure exactly which way God wanted me to go with chapter 4. We're not studying the book of Daniel. There's a lot of stuff in here that, um, you know, that you, if you went like verse to by verse it, it, um, and really went into it, there's a lot of stuff. But that's not exactly what we're doing here, warning of the prophets. The warning of the prophets is, is more to do with what warnings are in here, what lessons are in here, and, and that's what uh, Daniel chapter 4 is about. So, first of all, we, we, today we're going to read Daniel chapter 4, and then we're going to do an overview of the chapter. Next time we'll talk about the warnings and things that God will share with us. Because if you don't know it, I learn along with you. This stuff is new to me, and I really don't know what God is going to have me say, you see, because it's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's the difference from people who want to, you know, do the works of the kingdom but think that they have to be all prepared. You see, some of the studies I do here on talk show are I pick up the book when it's time to do the, the class and I read it. And that's it. <laughs> uh, there is no preparation in any way, shape, or form. I don't re even read it beforehand. Sometimes I read it beforehand, and I and then the Holy Spirit shares with me what it is that God wants me to um, to talk about in general, uh, not all of it, but in general, so I have an idea of what's going on, and and that's the way it worked with Daniel here. And sometimes it's that I actually study the whole thing first, write it all down, and then as I um, do the study, I basically um, read from what is written down, and uh, sometimes the Spirit adds stuff, but mostly not. And, and so there's different ways and forms to actually do teaching. So um, just because you um, want to teach somebody doesn't mean that you have to be completely, totally prepared for it. Because, listen, sometimes I just pick up the Bible when it's time to teach and go from there. And I have not looked at it beforehand. And so, you see, it depends on how the Spirit is leading you to do what it is that you do. And a lot of what we do is to go out and, you know, when God brings people into our lives to 
have questions about things or whatever it happens to be to help them, that it's spontaneous most of the time. There is no preparation. God doesn't say to you, hey, someone's coming into your life and you need to know about this and this and this, and then you can help them out. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, most of the time it's spontaneous, so what that has to do with is being able to discern the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And remember, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, it's very rarely, not absolutely never, but very, very rarely, especially if you've been part of doing the works of the kingdom, that the Holy Spirit is talking about anything to do with you. So if what the Spirit is saying concerns you, in particular, then guess what? It's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's, it's your spirit or an evil spirit or whatever. But we're here for the brethren. And whatever our gifts are, we need to use those gifts in order to do the works of the kingdom for the brethren. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for the brethren. So understand that the warning of the prophets is our brother Daniel. And he gave us these warnings which he received from God so that we would understand things. Daniel chapter 4. Nebuchadnezzar, king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon before me, that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. Then came in the magicians and astrologers and Chaldeans and soothsayers and I told the dreamers before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But as, but at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And before him I told the dream, saying, O Belteshazzar, Master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee, tell me the visions of my dream. Then I have seen, and the interpretation thereof, thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached unto heaven and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all the beasts of the field, and 
had shadow under it, and the fowls of heaven dwelt in the bowels thereof, and all the flesh was fed of it. I saw in the visions of my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said, Thus hew down the tree and cut off his branches, shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit. Let the beast get away from under him and the fowls from his branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even the band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the beast of two men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now thou, Belshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof, for as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation, but thou art able, for the spirit of the holy God is in thee. Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation Thereof trouble thee, Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, whose height reached unto the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for all, unto which the beast of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown and reaches unto heaven and thy dominion to the ends of the earth. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down and destroy it, yet leave the stump of the root thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass." in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field, till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, that, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomever, soever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou hast shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom 
of Babylon. The king said, It is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honor him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven, all those whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Well, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? This chapter 4, and the quick overview, and then we'll look at a couple of things. But the quick overview is what happens to Christians. That's right. When pride gets to them. Satan wants you to feel pride and prideful. You know, think you're something. When you're a sinning human. And the only reason that you are connected to the kingdom of heaven is because of the grace of God who sent his son to be the lamb of God and your sins are covered under his blood. Other than that, you are a sinning person and your sins upon you. So, you have nothing to be proud of. As a human, Jesus told us we are evil. Paul told us flesh is sin. See, that's the overview of this chapter 4. It's a warning to Christians. And what happens at the end of chapter 4 is that God sometimes has to take drastic measures and he allows the supernatural to affect your life to get your attention. 
And then once he has your attention, that's the grace and mercy of God. He doesn't, like, throw you aside. Once he gets your attention and you turn back to him and you, you know, repent of your sins and stop doing what you were doing, in Nebuchadnezzar's case, it was pride, and stop doing the sins that you're committing, and they're covered under the blood. This is for believers, by the way. It's not talking about non-believers. And so you'll understand that believers, once you do that, guess what? (laughs) You get to take part in the second resurrection. Not the first resurrection. The first resurrection is for the elect and the sheep that follow Jesus. But remember, there's the millennium, and during the millennium, and during the tribulation period, and stuff like that that goes on, you are able to, you were a goat when Jesus returned because you were doing your own thing or following Satan. And at the end of the millennium, if you come to your senses and don't follow Satan still and turn back and follow Jesus like you should, then guess what? You will also receive the gift of eternal life. That's the overview of Daniel chapter 4, basically. Okay, so I just want to look at a couple of things today, and then next time we'll we'll go a little bit more in depth. Now, if you go back to Daniel 4, verse 2, I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs, and how mighty are his wonders. So, when I read that, there's two ways to look at that. And we're going to look at it when we take a look next time. But the two ways are, one is God's side, which we know that God is the God of heaven. And he has given the authority to Jesus to be ruler. But Jesus didn't have that authority originally. But God is the God of heaven. But that's one side, and God does, you know wondrous works and miracles and all that stuff. But remember, in the book of Revelation, it talks about what? The whole world wondered after the beast because of the signs and wonders that were performed. So you understand that, yes, God has the signs and wonders, and yes, This can be looked at from the side of God, but it can also be looked at as what's going to be happening, a warning during the time that Satan's system is on earth, because it's the same stuff. Satan is a copycat. And of course, the Antichrist will be giving glory to God in heaven, which is not the God of Abraham and Isaac. It's Satan. We understand that. So, so you see, there's, there's two ways you can look at this and two things going on here. And then if we look at 
verse 7, we see it says, Then came in the magicians and astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers, and I told the dream before them. So we see here that Nebuchadnezzar, and in, in this case, Nebuchadnezzar is a believer. We're going to put him in the place of a believer so that we can understand, yeah, because he is, because remember, he believed in Daniel's God because Daniel showed him the dream and the interpretation of the dream. So he was a believer, understand. And so, as a believer, instead of going to, we're going to look at that, instead of going to God and God's servants and, and what God, the true God, wants, this believer, which is on the side of God, by the way, this, this believer, you know, goes to the world and, and the world and what they are showing them and want to know if they have the answers. So, you see, believers can and will go astray. There's, there's so much false doctrine out there and, and so many uh, groups that are not teaching what Jesus taught. And, and sadly enough, they're even talking against Jesus, which is what we were warned about. So, so understand, as a believer... Who do you want to go to to get the information about something you're confused about? As a believer, you want to go to someone that knows the truth, and how do you know if someone knows the truth? By their fruit. So you see, if someone's teaching nonsense in their churches and the way that they live and they're sinning, especially you know, going around sinning, and you've seen them sinning, you see, you don't want to get information from them. <laughs> They're not doing things the way Jesus told us to do it. We'll look at that in more depth uh, when we study. Then it's an interesting thing here in verse 17 I wanted us to take a look at. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the beast of, or the basis of men. And so you understand what's going on in that verse. We're being given an insight into, as believers, we have people that are sent by God or allowed by God to do things on the earth. And why God does it is so that the reason why he allows them to is so that they will know who the boss is. He's the boss. God 
the God of Abraham, Almighty God, Yahweh God. And so I want us to hold our place in Daniel, but go to chapter 6 of Ephesians, and just so you understand, we're going to go into detail next time as we, uh, you know, if we get to this part, because there's a lot we may or may not be doing. It depends on the Spirit of God. So, but right now, Ephesians 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, it's God, the Father, that has got the power. That's what Daniel's telling us, you see. Put on the whole armor of God, God's armor, not our armor, we can't do nothing, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, you understand there's a spiritual war that God allows to go on, and he wants you to understand and realize that it's him that's in control. Not you. You can't do anything. You can't control anything. It's all him. And he does allow the supernatural to teach those lessons. Now, 19... Let's look at that one. And it says, Then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream to be to them that hate thee. So, you understand, believer, that Satan's side hates you. And they want to be able to harm you. Job was had a had a hedge, a protection around him. Satan couldn't get at him. You understand that Job was doing what he was supposed to do. God was protecting him. But the enemies that we have, the spiritual ones that we can't see, guess what? They want to get at you. They're your enemies. Why? Because they know they're headed to the lake of fire. That's right. They know that. And they know that you might not be. So they want you to be headed to the lake of fire like they are. And we know that. By Matthew, hold your place in Daniel and go to Matthew 25. And I want you to go to verse 41. One of my favorite verses. And it says, they know this. You see, this is what's going on. Then shall he say, Jesus speaking, also unto them on the left hand depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So was the lake of fire prepared for humans? No, it was prepared for Satan and his angels. But they want to take you in there too. They're your enemies, and that's what Daniel's talking about here. So he goes on and he says, these are your enemies. 
that hate thee. Oh, yes, your enemies hate thee. And the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. So, so you understand these people hate you. They're your enemies. This is how God works. And that's what Daniel is explaining to Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the thing is that what does Daniel say? Daniel says in 27, he warns Nebuchadnezzar, listen, you don't have to go through this. Oh, your enemies and those that hate you would love to, guess what? They would love bother you. So, do what I tell you to do. Do what God wants you to do. And they can't. And that didn't work out too well. You see, believers are like that. God warns us. He tells us. He explains to us. Follow Jesus. Do what Jesus told you to do. Do what Jesus did. Do what the apostles told you to do. Understand, if you go back to the flesh, if you go back into the world, as Jesus said, you're useless to him. The world has to be not your priority. And that includes your family and friends because they're the ones that Satan uses to get at you. Make sure they don't pull you down. Leave them in God's hands. So, the thing is that we see here that in 29, God gives us space to repent, to change, to turn back. He doesn't like bang us. You know, there's been warnings. You know, you've got warnings, you've got things. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar this. And we see here in verse 29 that it was what? And at the end of 12 months. So this was a year later. So God gave him a year to fix himself, to make sure he understood the deal. That he he, he did what God wanted him to do, and it was no big deal. He didn't tell him, you notice here, you notice that God didn't tell Daniel to tell Nebuchadnezzar, hey, listen, uh, Moses gave us all these commandments and you've got to start following them and build a temple to God and, you know, do all the stuff that Moses told us to do. You notice that. He didn't say nothing about the law either, did he? He didn't tell him, you've got to follow the law. No, what did he tell him? the verses before. And it says, verse 27, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So you understand he had to be merciful to the poor. He had to change the way he was treating those lesser, less fortunate than him. In his kingdom, he was a king. 
You understand? He had the power. He was given that authority by God. It's not talking about us given to the poor. It's not what it's talking about. It depends on the position we're in, but what God was having Daniel say to King Nebuchadnezzar was pretty simple. Be merciful. You're the king. You have that authority. And so that's all he had to do. Be merciful. But guess what? Didn't work out. And Nebuchadnezzar, as we will see, something happened to him. We're not going to go into that part right now. And let's go to the last verse we're going to look at today. Verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth, and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. You understand? Nebuchadnezzar got it. Believers, you can't have pride. That's your downfall. And God is quite capable of chastising you punishing you, and allowing the supernatural to get at you if you don't listen to his warnings. And ultimately, you're either going to listen, and when Jesus returns, you'll be accepted as one of the sheep, and receive eternal life, meaning your immortal soul at that point, or, when Jesus returns, you will have kept your pride, wanted to do things your way, your church's way, your doctrine's way, your religion's way, whatever way it is that you think is right, except for what the Bible says. And when Jesus returns, your pride is going to have you put on the side with the goats, which is where Satan wants you. Because guess what? Those that are put on the side with the goats that are believers are in the same boat as all the rest of the world that is not believers. And, of course, Satan and his angels. And guess what? You do not have an immortal soul. No. You are quite possibly going to end up in the lake of fire because of your pride. And Satan wants you to do that. But Nebuchadnezzar learned the lesson. He sure did because he told you the deal. Pride was his problem. Until next time, that completes the warning of the prophets. Have you received the warning?